1: Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this forty-sixth episode of the History Ghost Bump Podcast. Ghost Tours for the Theater of the Mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. And on today's episode, we're talking about the Norwich State Hospital. For
0: the insane. Which always gets very creepy just because of a lot of the techniques they used.
1: Indeed. And this insane asylum was like many of the time, they just didn't understand mental illness, Denise. I I guess they'd moved past... The times when we used to hang people or burn people at the stake for witchcraft or something of that nature for being demon-possessed because people didn't understand mental illness. But they still were employing electroshock therapy and lobotomies and ice baths and all kinds of great stuff at this place. But I do have to say what a beautiful campus it was at one time because now... I'm not exactly sure what's out there. I think there's only maybe, I know for sure one building is still standing. I'm not sure about how many others, Denise. It sounds like most of the places at this location have been destroyed. And unfortunately, this has been such a lockdown location that there's only been one paranormal investigation group that's been allowed to go in. And that was, unfortunately, Ghost Hunters. So some of the information we're going to bring you today, of course, is going to be a little dubious. But it's all we got, folks. For professional, quote unquote, paranormal groups. There have been people that have snuck in. Uh, don't trespass if you're going to be doing the ghost investigation, especially here because they do have security and things like that that will keep you out. But it's not to makes out there. you
0: wonder why they're so secretive about it since it's abandoned. There's nothing. It's like almost like what are they trying to hide from having somebody go in there?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure so much that they're wanting to hide things as that these buildings have fallen into such disrepair that even when I was watching the episode of the Ghost Hunters that was in there, I wonder how safe it was. It was falling apart pretty good. Oh, so more of a safety thing. Yeah, I think it's more of a safety thing. And there's just so many buildings that were out there. But we do want to thank our listener, Matt, for suggesting this location to us. And uh, Matt, maybe you can email us and let us know or comment over at the Spooktacular Crew and let us know if you've been by there recently, how much is still left there? You know, we've been joking around about having Matt go out there and do a live thing. Well, now I know if we would have done that, he would have been arrested. So <laughs> that wouldn't have been such a good idea. Plus, I don't know that there's that much for him to see. It would be oh. like
0: Skyping straight from jail. It's Matt, Denise, and <laughs> Diane on the History Goes Bump show.
1: We'll be like, forget about donating to the show. We need bail money for Matt. <laughs> we need to get Matt out. He was doing research and he got arrested. Speaking of donations, we do want to thank the people who are sponsoring the show on a recurring monthly basis. You are helping to keep the show going, paying for our overhead. And we also this month, Denise, want to thank Kathy for sending us a one-time donation.
0: Yes, thank you very much. It definitely helps with Just to kind of help with the cost that we have to put the show on. So we do appreciate every penny that comes in. Exactly. And the
1: best way that you can support the show, as you all know, is not only by listening but sharing the show. And we would love to have your reviews. We haven't had any reviews in several weeks so we would love to get some of those if you have just a few minutes to head on over to iTunes or Stitcher and just you know just a quick little line it doesn't take a lot and you can even leave certain amount of stars we're not asking you for any set amount of stars but you can just pick a bunch of stars you don't even have to write anything if you don't want to so it's pretty simple you just have to go into iTunes and do it from there and it does help the show get up in rankings a little bit so we would appreciate that check out our website history goes bump com. It's got everything you'd want to know about the show. Where you can find us on social media, listen to the show. We've got our emporium over there, and our events page is full of stuff because we have all of the different ghost tours. There are five of them that we are doing on our road trip that's coming up here. So, and if you were, three
0: and a half days, but who's counting? Me. We're
1: looking forward to having a little bit of a break. It's been kind of crazy in our household. We don't talk too much about health concerns and things of that nature, but we've had some health issues in the house over the past couple of weeks. I got to take a fun trip to the emergency room and have a fun surgery upcoming. And Denise has been like she's on the (laughs) tilt-a-whirl for like a week now. Denise Vertigo, it's probably a horrible thing to have. I've never had it, but it's a great movie by Alfred Hitchcock.
0: I don't care if it's a great movie. (laughs) I don't like the teacups and I don't like Vertigo, but I will say... I say thank goodness I did not have it as bad as some of the people I've talked to because at least I could still walk and function, except for when I was spinning, I kind of had to sit down. But
1: yeah, so it's been a, been a little bit of fun at our house. I absolutely love Vertigo. It's got James Stewart in it. First of all, it's Alfred Hitchcock, it's got James Stewart and Kim Novak. I mean, that's all you need.
0: Oh, yay! I don't <laughs> like Vertigo. Of course, I have not seen the movie, so nobody, no judging out there, but
1: <laughs> it's a weird movie. If you are in any of the areas that we are going to be visiting on the road trip, we'd love to have you guys join us. So make sure you check out the events page and see if we're going to be in your area and let us know if you'd like to join us and we'll get that uh, all taken care of and let you know exactly what... Well, I think we've got the times. We do have the times on the events and stuff, so you can make sure that
0: you get on the same tour that we're on. Yeah, we have like... We're hitting like six states, so definitely go on there because just because you don't live in Florida or Georgia... Because we're not doing anything in Georgia, actually. So as long as you live in one of those other states, we'd love to meet you.
1: And in Chicago, they do have ghost tours there, but none of them were on the night that we were going to be there. The ones that we could find that were available, we're going to be staying in a really weird campsite there. We've never stayed in a place where they don't give you a code to get in. Like, you can come in and out as much as you want. This one, if we're not in by 11, we don't get in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're on lockdown. It's like, curfew, you lose. So we're
1: staying about an hour outside of... Chicago. So for us to get done with the tour and get back and we, we're going to have to drop our dogs off somewhere because no dogs are allowed on any of the tours in Chicago, it was not going to work. So we're going to be hosting the walking tour in Chicago and it's going to be during the day and I'm working it up right now trying to figure out all the spots we're going to and how that's going to work out. But if you're in Chicago... And it's free. We're just going to do it for free. So if you want to hang out with us, we're going to do a couple of cemeteries, too. we got to head out to Resurrection Cemetery and that kind of thing. So just let us know. And Denise, where can people contact the show?
0: They can contact us at historygoesbump at gmail.com. <sighs>
1: would like to support the show, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash History Bump or perhaps you just want to make a one-time donation. Click the donate button on our website at historygoesbump.com Welcome
0: to this moment in Oddity History. Hundreds of bodies have been found throughout the years during peat cutting activities in countries like Great Britain, Scotland, Ireland, Germany, Denmark, and the Netherlands in bogs. They have been nicknamed the bog bodies. Some of these bodies date back to 8,000 BC. Kolbjerg woman is the oldest bog body found and it is believed she drowned at the age of 25 in 8,000 BC. The bog bodies come in a variety of states of preservation. Some are basically skeletal remains, others are mummified, well-preserved bodies, and some are just parts. The bogs are a type of wetland that is full of carbon, has low fertility, and is found in a cool climate. So decay is very slow within the bog. Thus, a human body that is buried in the bog will become mummified in a way because of low humidity and all the processes within the bog. The great mystery about these people is how they came to be in the bogs. Many died violent deaths, so there are theories that the people were sacrificed. Some skulls had holes in them that appeared to be healing. Archaeologists wonder if they had some kind of brain surgery that they survived, or if the holes were made to release evil spirits. We'll never know the true secrets of the bog bodies, but they are fascinating and certainly are odd.
1: On this day, May 14th, in 1610, France's King Henry IV was assassinated. It was the final of 20 attempts to take his life. King Henry IV was an incredible leader and beloved by his people. He had been both an exceptional military leader and exceptional politician. France had been torn apart by religious wars and Henry IV united the country by converting from Protestantism to Catholicism. His rule was a time of restoration and reconciliation. On May 14th, Henry was riding in an open carriage through a Paris street when two carts blocked the passage. A mentally ill drifter jumped into the carriage and stabbed the king twice, slicing his aorta. The assassin is executed 13 days later, but many questions were left. Were the carts blocking the path there by chance, or had this been a plan? Did the assassin work alone? The mystery remains to this day. The nickname the people had given King Henry was Le Bon Roy which means good king. The king was laid to rest at the Abbey of St. Denis. The royal tombs were destroyed in 1793. The perfectly preserved, embalmed body of King Henry was taken to the basilica and laid in state, and the people of France filed by for days, nearly 200 years after he'd been killed. That is how much the French thought of King Henry IV. To History
0: Goes Bump. Yeah. Norwich State Hospital in Connecticut served as a home and a place of treatment for the mentally ill for a hundred years. As is the case with many old insane asylums, treatment methods were arcane, and in some cases torturous. Mental illness was not understood, and people were mistreated years ago. Places that harbor pain and suffering seem to capture the energy for all eternity, and that energy tends to lead to supernatural activity. Is it because the spirits become trapped? Or are evil beings attached to the painful emotions and so they come and take up residence? Or is the bad energy trapped within the walls of the building itself? Today we talk about the history and hauntings of the Norwich State Hospital for the Insane.
1: The area along the Thames River where the Norwich State Hospital was built lies within the cities of Preston and Norwich in the state of Connecticut. Preston and Norwich were originally the territory of the quote tribe and I'm hoping I'm saying that right, it's the P-E-Q-U-O-T tribe. The tribe was eventually pushed out, and the Mohegan tribe took ownership, handing over some of the land to English settlers led by Jonathan Brewster in the 1600s. The town of Norwick was also sold by the Mohegans to settlers shortly thereafter. Agriculture became the main economic activity of the area and still continues to this day. Clay deposits were natural in the area, and brickmaking became another area of economic growth in the 18th and 19th century. As we have recounted in various podcasts, fires devastated towns and so building with bricks became very popular.
0: In 1904, 100 acres along the Thames River became home to the Norwich State Hospital for the Insane, which was housed in one building. Ninety-five residents were held in the building originally. By the next year, 151 patients were in that building and it became necessary to build two more buildings. In 1907, another building was added. By 1915, 13 more buildings were added, and some of these buildings included residents for staff and other buildings needed to set up a small village. Norwich State Hospital was similar to Tranquil Sanatorium in that it was a self-sufficient location, growing its own food and setting up its own industry. 20 buildings stood on the property by 1940, and each building was given the name of a founding superintendent of the American Psychiatric Association and other pioneers in the field of psychiatry. Buildings continued to be built until finally 30 buildings stood on 900 acres. Wow, that is a huge facility.
1: If you scroll down in the show notes towards the bottom today, there's an old picture that was a general view of the area. It looks kind of like it was hand-drawn, Denise. I don't even think that that's the full amount of buildings that were on it. It was basically its own city.
0: Well, that's what... You know, just just the research and reading and stuff that it, they had made it to set up like a, a village. But still, for a state hospital, the magnitude of it was was huge to have that many patients. You wonder if they were all really insane that they put in there.
1: Well, later on, no. But I'll explain that in just oh. a minute here. As some of the newer buildings were built, some of the older antiquated buildings were abandoned. So instead of tearing them down or updating, they just left the buildings abandoned. By the 1970s, only seven of the original buildings were still in use. Buildings were connected by underground tunnels. These tunnels were used to run utilities, but patients were transported through them as well. So similar again to the Tranquil Sanatorium. Mm -hmm. The architecture of the buildings ranges from modern to Gothic revival to colonial revival. And they really were, especially if you look at some of the older pictures, which we do have a couple in the show notes today. They're beautiful buildings. Dilapidated, they don't look quite so nice, but in their day, they were very nice buildings. Early residents were the criminally insane. But eventually, others would live at the hospital. The elderly were sent here, along with those who suffered from tuberculosis and addiction. And they did have one whole building that was for the uh, purposes of getting people off of drugs and alcohol and that kind of thing. Norwick was not a pleasant place to live for many years. Reports of sexual abuse and physical abuse were investigated through the years. Other harsh treatment was discovered to have happened. Patients were starved, restrained, confined, and packed in ice. Electric shock treatments were used up until the 80s, and of course, lobotomies were used as a last resort to control the most out of control patients. There was um, even—I saw a video that a young kid had done, and they were talking to a psychiatrist there, and he said they tried not to do the lobotomy thing; that they saw it as kind of a an old practice. But there was some patients they would put them in a really hot bath and just leave them there for hours and hours and hours, thinking that that would soothe them i guess
0: that's great i mean i do like my hot baths don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. but not for hours and hours where they just keep pouring in more hot pretty soon if you start sweating stuff you want to get out
1: and unfortunately when people are having a psychotic break they can be very very dangerous i mean obviously that's why some people kill when they're having the psychotic break i don't know you know it was hard back then they didn't have the drugs and stuff and they just did not know what to do so what are you going to do you Kind of have to put people in restraints or a straitjacket.
0: Tragedies became part of the Norwich State Hospital history as well, starting in 1914 when a resident hung himself. In 1917, a hot water heater exploded and two employees were killed. Many patients died while at the hospital, and some of those deaths occurred because of the treatment. A nurse committed suicide at her home, and another employee was hit by a car and killed while crossing the street. Salmon Hall was closed in 1971 after years of housing the worst of the worst. Incarceration in this building was tough and unpleasant. In 1988, the buildings of the Norwich State Hospital were added to the National Register of Historic Places.
1: Patients were able to participate in different activities and classes. There was occupational therapy in one of the buildings. Piano lessons were given, along with the teaching of different arts and crafts. Classes taught patients how to manage their lives on the outside of the campus. They were prepared well before returning to society and how to grocery shop, cook, make beds, and social workers would help with the transition. New drugs helped to decrease the population at Norwick. And they had a bowling alley there, Denise, a theater.
0: They tried to make things like, Somewhat entertaining for people. It's amazing just going from the archaic to starting to do a lot of the more modern therapies that are used today. So, so it does look like they were trying to make it better for the patient's. As they learned,
1: And I believe Thorazine was the most heavily used drug for schizophrenia and other psychotic types of uh, mental illness. And that came out, I think, in the 80s. And that's why they started having less of a population there because they didn't have to. And there was a, a move to deinstitutionalize people, which some politicians thought was a great idea. The only problem is when you deinstitutionalize people and there's no alternative, where do they go?
0: Well, a lot of a lot of those deinstitutionalized people ended up on the streets.
1: Exactly. And that's one of the problems we have to this day. We have so many mentally ill people that are out there on the streets. It's pretty sad.
0: The hospital was closed in 1996, and the remaining patients were transferred to the Connecticut State Hospital. The state sold the property to the cities of Norwich and Preston for $1, and future plans for the property have not been decided. Some people want everything demolished and a nice preserve set up while others believed the buildings could be developed as apartments. A development that was called Utopia became a source of conflict. Utopia did not have the money for cleanup, and they did not seem interested in cleaning up the medical waste and such at the site. Most of the buildings had already been demolished by 2014, with the administration building undergoing weatherizing and some restoration to save it. The cost of restoration would have been huge as most buildings were dilapidated. The city employs a private security company for the grounds, and there's no trespassing allowed. There's hope when the property is completely clean, developers will come running.
1: Yeah, so basically nobody wants to deal with this. It's kind of like when you have a nuclear power plant or what was Rocky Flats
0: out in Colorado? I believe Rocky Flats was a nuclear power plant. Okay. Or so, a nuclear site, test yeah, site, I think.
1: whatever. whenever they have these sites where they either are making the stuff or burying it, they might have buried a lot of
0: stuff out at Rocky Flats. Yeah. Rocky Flats was was a um, facility, and then that other place that they turned into a wildlife preserve in Colorado was the um, light testing site, I think. Oh, God, what was it called? It was on the way towards the, the airport. Um, the Arsenal? No. I think so. Is it? Somewhere. Anyway,
1: when you have places like that, developers don't want to touch it because it's toxic. What are they going to do with it? So you got to go through all this cleanup. And that's the problem with these buildings. A lot of them were built in the early 1900s. So you've got asbestos and who knows what else, lead, all kinds of stuff. So to get it cleaned up and nobody wants to pay. It just, it amazes you. It's this huge area with all these buildings on it. Nobody wants to pay to do anything with it, I guess. And so it's just kind of in a state of limbo. Stories of hauntings and supernatural experiences at the hospital have grown through the years. The main people who've been at the Norwich State Hospital since its closure have been members of the security staff. One can imagine that patrolling a crumbling property full of sad and tortured emotions can be a haunting experience. Guards have reported paranormal activity for years. The lobotomy rooms give off strange beeping noises. When the buildings were still standing, many of them contained the haunting screams of unseen beings. There was talking and mumbling as well. A chilling air permeated many of the rooms when people walked through them. One room in particular held the cries of an unseen woman in anguish. Apparitions of children have been seen as well, and we saw some old photos that had both adult men and boys in the same room sitting at tables together, so children were definitely here. A doctor claimed that he saw two children looking out a window of the Salmon Building, and that's the one that housed the criminally insane. So the Salmon Building was set up more like a jail than some of the other buildings, and these were for the worst of the worst. And so when there were reports that this doctor had seen these children looking out one of the windows, they were like, are they the dead children of somebody who was locked up there? Are these victims? Who knows? But I was kind of surprised. I was looking through some old photos this morning, and I was looking at these figures sitting around a table, and I went, wait a minute, those are littler people. I'm like, holy cow, there's little boys
0: sitting in the same rooms with these adult men. It just doesn't seem like a good idea. But Of course, back in the day, they treated a person was a person was a person in a lot of ways, and that's why we had to come up with child labor laws, because they just threw them in the mills, they threw them in the factories, you know, they didn't have a lot of regard. Oh, so this was
1: in the 1900s. I just thought that was kind of peculiar. These pictures I think were from the 40s and 50s. So, oh wow. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I maybe it was some form of treatment or I, I'm not sure. But it just seems strange because even in a hospital, you don't have children in the same area as adults. That's very true. Generally speaking. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of bizarre. But when I heard these stories of children, I'm like, well, why are they seeing ghosts of children?
0: Well, that explains it because they were there too. I didn't realize the pictures were in the 50s because back in those days, you, they didn't even let children come in as visitors to see a sick patient in a regular hospital, much less a...
1: Well, that was all the way up into let's see, I would have been when I was 10. It would have been 1981, and my sister couldn't come see me at the children's hospital even, and I was there overnight for a concussion.
0: Right, so you wonder why there were children in any capacity at a sure. hospital for the criminally insane, because that was that particular building, wasn't just the hospital part. Exactly. There are rumors that a student group held their initiations in one of the buildings and that perhaps they opened some kind of portal. Even demolitions cannot close portals. One investigator that had been in a few buildings before they were torn down got several pictures of columns of light in two images that were clear pictures of faces. His cell phone was also completely drained when he entered a building. Maintenance people have seen weird lights on top of some of the buildings that resemble laser lights. Earl building reportedly had doors that slammed on their own and tools were moved around. The tunnels have had screams heard in them and people have claimed to hear screams in the morgue as well.
1: And that investigator that went in and got those pictures was trespassing because they didn't allow people to do that. So he was in there and got those pictures. He was trespassing. Ghost Hunters featured Norwich State Hospital as the season six finale in 2010. They've been the only paranormal investigators allowed to check out the property. Obviously, a reality shows investigation is dubious at best, but since they are the people who've been able to investigate, we figured we would share their results. Now that most buildings are gone, there's not much to investigate anymore. But when TAPS was there, they were able to check out several buildings. The female investigators were in the hospital when they heard something dragging or sliding down the hallway towards them. They claimed that building felt particularly creepy. They heard audible talking as well. On the video later, a door does partially close on its own behind the girls. I saw this video, Denise, and it is weird to see that door. Now, of course, there can be people playing tricks and pulling it in a certain way, but it coincided with the girls. They, had their, they were facing this door that's about to move. They hear the dragging noise or whatever. Actually, no, they were facing the camera, and they had their backs to the door. They hear the noise, and you can see the door behind them is starting to close, And they both turn and look in that direction and are like, what was that? And the door is still kind of closing, but they didn't notice it until everybody was looking at the video later. So you have a door that's almost closing at the same time that they're hearing something audibly dragging across the floor. So that was kind of weird. And they said they felt like something was following them the whole time they were in this building. And it was right after they came up out of the tunnels which would be creepy enough anyway to be down in these dilapidated tunnels. I'd be afraid they were going to cave in on me. And then they were joking as they were walking through it. This is like a scene from a horror movie. And they said, what if there was really a real person down here who was like living or something in the tunnels and they jump out? I was like, well, you never know. It could be a possibility.
0: Yeah, sort of like whistling in the dark to not be afraid. <laughs> they were just kind of telling jokes in the dark.
1: Yeah, exactly. They also heard shuffling in another building. So we wonder, is this rats? the building falling apart, because you can hear some of the noises. So it's like, but as we all know, noises can come from a variety of things. I mean, our house, it's the most bizarre thing. Houses are weird creatures because they crack and they pop and they do all these things. We have two windows on either side of our master bedroom, and they're on either side of the bed. And the one that is on Denise's side, every night at almost the same time we go to bed, it does this little crack pop thing. It just makes this weird noise where it almost sounds like something is hits it, or I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like every night at the same time. What is it about that window that... The house settles in such a way that it makes a noise. weird. <laughs> Two other male investigators also heard some dragging in a building they were investigating. They said it sounded like a piece of wood dragging on the floor above them. They saw a shadow figure peek around a corner, too. Jason and Grant saw shadow people in an old research building, and they heard moaning that reminded them of someone meditating. So kind of the, oh, I did hear an audible whimpering during one part of the show that sounded similar to a dog. There are reports that animals were experimented on at Norwick. So I don't know if that was residual noise from an animal that had once been
0: there. Well, it but this su- was the research building that they were in. So Yeah, it doesn't surprise me because they're still using animals to those means today. So. Exactly. The buildings at Norwich State Hospital were once beautiful structures. Can tearing down buildings send spirits away? Or could the spirits of those at unrest still be tethered to the land in some way? If the cities ever decide upon a plan for the land and the remaining structures... Will any new buildings still be plagued by supernatural activity? Was Norwich Hospital haunted? And could it still be haunted? That is for you to decide.
1: So I'm thinking eventually it will just be, everything will be destroyed and maybe they'll have some kind of a park out there.
0: Who knows? They almost have to turn it into a reserve or a park because if anybody does the research before they bought a house and found out I'm all not this other out stuff. There. Yeah, there's a lot of people that would be like, I'm not going to be building there, depending on their their level of superstition, knowledge, or whatever. Not only
1: that, but I always wonder. It's not mentioned anywhere in all the research I did, but these self containing places, basically, it's its own city. What do cities always have in them? Cemeteries. Yes. Is there a marked cemetery out there? Did they not bury anybody out there? You don't want to build on top of that stuff. I don't know when you're dead why people care, but. It just there's something about disturbing that seems to fire this stuff off.
0: And was there something that was disturbed when they built the first structure to begin with? You never know, you know, because a lot of our natives had sacred sites that were kind of desecrated to build whatever we were building at the time. Exactly.
1: Well, Denise, this show goes up on May 14th, 2015. So tomorrow we will be leaving on our trip and we'll be in our first stop at Chattanooga, Tennessee. We'll yes be doing we'll. a ghost tour there, and we'll do a little recording for you guys and probably get that up on Saturday at some time, we're hoping. And so be tuning in. Make sure you're watching our regular feed. Usually we put a show up every five days, but you're going to start getting them a little bit more often during this road trip. Also, if you're signed up for the newsletter or part of the Spooktacular crew, we'll let you know. We're going to try to do some videos and that kind of thing um, outside of Waverly Hill Sanatorium. I think we're going to do a little video. And we've uh, checked out Google Hangouts and I might try to do something with that as well so that you guys can watch maybe us doing a a little video or something. So we'll see what what we get done. This is the first time we've ever tried to do this by taking it on the road and being a little bit more interactive with it rather than just sending out one show after we've done a road trip, so it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah, so it'll be fun to be taking our listeners on the road with us. Um, We love to travel, so hopefully you're going to have fun coming along for the ride.
1: Yeah, our friend uh, Freya from down there, down under, she uh, had sent us a comment and was like, oh, I wish I could go with you guys. (laughs) So I said, well, maybe next time or sometime when she's here. If you guys are ever in Florida, let us know and we'll see if we can head out to a We generally have to leave the city that we're in right now in this area because the ghost tours here are kind of lame, but there are some really awesome ghost tours here in Florida.
0: Oh, yes, definitely there are. Or even other places of oddity, like down at that um, Coral Castle. Yes.
1: We want to thank you guys for joining us for this show. I have been your host, Diane. And this has been Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. This is Victoria from the Ninth Story Podcast. You're listening to the History Goes Back Podcast. History isn't boring, it's terrifying. Especially when it goes back. When it goes back. Boo!